You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Our text took place after the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The crucifixion was an ancient, archaic form of capital punishment. If you were convicted of particular crimes, you would be sentenced to capital punishment or death. The Jews would be killed by the death of a cross. Romans and and other Gentiles, depending on who they were, would be beheaded. And so Jesus, being a Jew, was sentenced to death by crucifixion. The root meaning of crucifixion is to be fixed to a cross, fixed to a cross, put on a cross to the point to where you, you could not get off of it. They would make sure that the person that, would be, that was being crucified would be fixed to the cross by nailing nails in his hand and also putting nails in the person's feet so no matter what the person just could not get off the cross when it came to the crucifixion of Jesus it it was in stages the Jews had planned on killing Jesus or having Jesus killed. And so what they did, they found a disciple that didn't like what was going on in reference to what Jesus was doing. Judas Iscariot gave him a little money to set Jesus up. And so when when they finally set him up, they had the Praetorian guards to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when they left the garden, they first of all took him to a religious court. And in the religious court, they found him guilty of being a blasphemer. 
blasphemy to the point to where the Jews tore their clothes and said he's worthy of death. But because they didn't want to get their hands dirty, so to speak, they knew in order for the death to be carried out, they would have to take him to the vicious and unrepentant Pilate. And so they sent him to a secular court. And so Pilate, upon hearing from the Jews, as well as others, knew that Jesus was not worthy of a crime, but yet because of his viciousness and wicked heart, he still allowed what the Jews desired to take place. And so Jesus was convicted. Before they nailed him to, to the cross, they put him at the whipping post. Tied him to the whipping post or tree and beat him. The maximum stripes, 39. Beat him to the point to where he was bloody from his crown to the sole of his feet even upon the whip that they lashed him with was his a pieces of meat that came from his tender skin. And then they mocked him by putting a crown of thorns upon his head. Stole his clothes and then allowed him to bear the cross before fixing him to it to take it to Golgotha Hill. Humiliated him by allowing him to go through the streets. And as he was going, folk mocked him, talked about him. And so finally, when they got him to Golgotha Hill, they nailed him. Nailed him to the cross. And he hung there, hung there until physically he died. He died. And when he died, graves were open. Miraculous things began to take place throughout Palestine. To the point to where people knew even before he resurrected that this is the son of God. The son of God equating God in flesh or Emmanuel with us. This is God. But he died. And so they took him to a tomb or a burial chamber that was given by one of the disciples of Jesus. And they buried him 
in the chamber. Now, upon burying him in the chamber, the Jews knew that the Lord had told them that, look, if I die, if I'm buried, I'm going to get up in, in three days. I'll be there. See, he knew he was going to die. He said, but I'm going to get up in three days. So what they did, they, they got guards and allowed the guards to make sure that they stayed at the tomb so Jesus wouldn't get out or no one would show up and take his body. And so they had been given a charge to stay there. And that's exactly what they did. They, they followed orders. They stayed at the tomb. They stayed there. But it doesn't matter who tries to hold Jesus down. You can't keep Jesus where he doesn't want to be kept. You can't stop Jesus from doing what he desires to do. But he knew, the Lord, that he had to stay there three days. Three days. In order to fulfill his assignment. Because part of his assignment was to make sure that he went to the waiting place, Hades, what is also called hell. He went to the waiting place and preached to the captives. Because, see, David and others understood that the Lord would not leave their soul in captivity. But they had to wait for the Messiah to come. And so the Messiah of Jesus showed up and preached to the captives. And that's the reason on the day of his death, graves began to open up and folks that had been dead a long time began to just walk the street. The power of God. And so when it was time for the Lord to be resurrected, it was in heavenly fashion. All of a sudden, an angel descended down from heaven, took the massive stone, and just rolled it away. And just sat on it. Sat on the stone. And and, and when all of this took place, the gods, they became lifeless. Like dead men. Historically, it is said that they never recovered. Never recovered. They were lifeless, and what happened to them, or to some of them, they never got over that particular moment. 
One thing you don't do, you don't mess with God. God is not to be toyed with. Not to be toyed with. Even when it comes to Pilate, even after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, Pilate was still washing his hands. Became insane. Died of insanity. Because he knew what he had did was wrong. Knew what he did was wrong. And so they became lifeless. And, and all the while, while the, the guards were, were there lifeless, the, the women were, were, were just watching what was happening, but they were watching in, in fear. They were watching in fear. Looking at this angel, this messenger of God who had just pulled or rolled away the stone and just, and just sat there. It's as if he didn't even pay any attention to the guards. He stuck to his assignment. See, that's one thing we have to learn as Christians. When, when God tells us to do something, we stick to the assignment. Don't try to add to. Don't try to take away. Just stick to the assignment. I'm out here to do such and such. I just need to stick to my assignment. Now, I could do something else, but that's not my assignment. I'm just going to stick to my assignment. And his assignment was to preach or relay a message to, to the women and instruct them to carry the same message to the rest of the disciples. That was his assignment. But I want you to notice when it comes to the angel how the text describes the angel. Talks about his his countenance was like lightning. Countenance speaks of his appearance. His appearance was very bright. A symbol of God's anointing and God's kabod of glory. They knew that the angel they saw was a heavenly angel and not a demonic angel. Simply because of the glory of the brightness that, that they saw upon the angel. But then they looked at the angel's apparel and his clothing 
was matching his appearance because his clothing is described as white as snow. His clothing was representing what was taking place and what would further take place because the resurrection of Jesus would bring forth sanctification, would bring forth a cleansing because Jesus just didn't die just to die. John 3 and 16 is clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. He had to take away the filth of sin because Romans 6 and 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. Isaiah saw him taking away the uncleanness and making sure that people would be clean that receive him as Savior and Lord. Said to them, though your sins be as scarlet, though they be as crimson, I'm going to make you white as snow you may be a drunk right now but it's not gonna last when I touch you you may be on the street right now but once I touch you they're going to know that you've been cleaned up they're going to know that something different has happened in your life Paul understood it and and he said it in a different way. He said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. He says, look, everything has become new. Isn't it amazing? Once you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you you can look in the mirror and, and you can tell that there has been a cleansing that has taken place. Some of us used to live with with blood eyes. Woo, eyes used to stay red because of the alcohol. Woo, eyes used to stay closed because of the marijuana, the dope, the cocaine. But look at you now. God done cleaned you up. Shout at somebody, he cleaned me up from the flow up. Some of us got some old pictures we don't even recognize ourselves. You don't even want folk to see how you used to look. You were so jacked up. God did a good job on us, didn't he? Didn't he clean us up? You ought to put your hands together and say, God, you cleaned me up real good. You cleaned me up real good. And so his appearance was a depiction of what Christ would do. 
unjust. That's the reason the writer went to the extreme of letting us know exactly how he looked and exactly what he had on. White is always about sanctification, about cleansing. And so the angel, his anointing was so powerful again to where the guards just became lifeless. Life just went out of them. They became as dead men. Became as dead men. And so the angel focused on the women. Because he had a word or a message for the women. The first point of his message was very simple. I know why you're here. You're seeking Jesus. I know you're here for Jesus. I know that's why you're here. You're seeking Jesus. But he ain't here. He's not here. I know that's who you're seeking, but he's not here. Now, in, in one sense, what he said to the women, they should have already knew. Because the Lord told his disciples repeatedly that he had to die in order to redeem mankind. He told them plain. Except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die. It has to die in order in order for more wheat to come forth. Jesus metaphorically was letting them know, if I don't die, you're not going to be redeemed. I have to die if you're going to receive your cleansing. If you're going to get delivered from what you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in, I have to die. I have to suffer in order for you not to go to hell. See, that's reading the resurrection is so powerful. That, that one person who was without sin was willing to take sin upon him in order to help or to save others. And some folk would ask, well, is it real? Yeah, we're witnesses that is real. Some of us tried to get delivered from what we were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in, and we couldn't until we received Jesus. You don't have to read about it no more. We should read about it, but you don't have to because you are a living testimony. 
You know the resurrection is real because the only way you got out of the mess you were in is, be, is because of the redeeming power of Jesus. If that's right, just look at somebody and say, he's telling the truth. Because that's what happened to me. That's the reason you should never stop giving God the praise about what he has done. And what he's doing. And he's going to do in your life. Am I right? He's not here. But he didn't argue with him. He didn't tell him y'all should remember. He didn't say none of that. He just said, hey, he's not here. Come here, let me show you some proof. This is the way he laid. He's no longer here. He's gone. He has resurrected. And the guard still. <laughs> lifeless. But he also wanted them to receive his word. So the second point that he made to them was, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be like these guards. You don't need to become lifeless. You don't don't need to be in the frame that you're in right now because you're filth. He knew they were. Do not fear. And the reason being is because of what is stated in 1 John 4 and 18. Fear has torment. And when a person is fearful, according to that same verse, that person cannot be perfected in love. God can't do for the person what is essential and significant because of fear. That's the reason some of us never reach particular levels in ministry, financially, and so forth, because we're fearful. We're fearful. And see, God can't perfect or can't do for you what he really desires to do because there is fear. Fear. You'll be amazed. God can tell folks, look, I need you to give such and such, and I'm going to bless you, but they are too fearful to do it. And so they, they will remain in that same state that they have been in for years because fear is keeping them from going to the next level. And so the angel said, I don't need you to be fearful. I don't need you to fear. And the amazing thing is that they understood the presence of God. They understood the glory of God because Jesus himself had been transfigured in front of his disciples. They they had witnessed the glory of God, the miraculous power of God time and time again. But yet they were still fearful when they saw that angel. I don't need you to be fearful. And and the final thing that that he told them, hey, he's risen. And you got to take the message to his disciples. 
He has risen, and I need you to take this message to the disciples and, and tell them that he's going to be in Galilee waiting for He's going to be in Galilee waiting for them. That was the message. Simple message, isn't it? But, but uh, I, I've got to say this. Sometimes you can, you can give people a simple message, but they'll mess it up. Yeah, they will. You, you'll be amazed. I, I have... I have Took time to just write out, look, this is how the program going to go. Let me put in parentheses, brief. So they all know when it comes to doing such and such, I need them to be brief. Real simple, brief. Capital letters, brief. And you know they can read. Mess up what shouldn't have been messed up. You don't want to belittle people and say brief means three minutes. No, we, we don't want to belittle you, just brief. <laughs> Go tell so and so I said, come here. Make sure you go and tell them. They'll tell somebody else to tell so-and-so to come. That wasn't, that wasn't the message. What? No. You go tell so-and-so to come here. Don't get nobody else. You do it. And then you ask, Dad, did you tell so-and-so? I said, come here. Uh, I told, what her name? Tell him. But I told you to tell him. See, see, that's the reason a message is so important. He, he didn't want them fearful. He, he didn't want them in the wrong attitude because they, they could take the message and mess it up. See, that's the reason a song is important. So you got to make sure, uh, minister of music, when, before you get a choir or song, go over the lyrics. Make sure everything in that song is on target. Be because the wrong message can get to people. And they'll think, hey, I didn't know uh, such and such. But this what this song say? I didn't know we didn't need no preacher. I thought the Bible say we need a preacher. But this song, what they, what they got us singing, we practicing. We don't need no preacher. Well, we at the church singing. And I might as well leave for a walk or get up. We don't need no. The message is important. Somebody asked me, said, uh, 
I didn't know Pilate got saved. I said, I didn't either. He didn't get saved. That's just fantasy. Pilate didn't get saved. That's fantasy. Never got saved. But the wrong message. Can't mess folk up. You have to be to the point to where you, you realize that if God gives you an assignment, whether directly or indirectly, you carry out the assignment the way God ordained for you to carry it out. Well, I didn't do nothing but change a few words. Two words can mess a person up. Just do what you can. But the Bible didn't say do what you can. All you got to do to go to heaven is just love everybody, treat everybody right. You'll be surprised. Those few words have messed folk up. Reading Jesus himself say, don't add to or don't you take away. Don't add to the word and don't you take away from the word. Women, I need you to make sure you tell his disciples exactly what I've told you. And, and when he delivered the message to the women, he said, I've told you. And his assignment was over. See, see, the angel that was clothed in the glory of God no doubt understood the turmoil that Satan, who was in truth before he became the devil, an archangel. But he disturbed heaven because of the wrong message. Convince, according to Revelations, a third of the stars of the angels. Revelation calls them a third of the stars, letting us know that, that at one time these particular angels were likewise clothed like the angel in the graveyard. They were anointed. They were bright. But then because of the dinginess of sin, because of receiving the, the polluted message from Satan, they lost their glory. The Hebrew writer says they lost their first estate. God let them know because you received the wrong message, you got to go. Jesus talked about, I beheld Satan. When he fell from heaven, 
like lightning. In other words, he had to get out of heaven in a hurry. But it wasn't just him. It was the third. That likewise rebelled against the will of God. And so, the women, after receiving the message, their whole demeanor changed. Because notice, the angel told them they need to, they need to be about telling the disciples. And so they quickly left with the message. They quickly left with the message. And, and when they left, you have to really focus in on what the text says and get a clear understanding. Because they left with, number one, fear. But it wasn't the same fear that they had earlier. It was still the Greek word phobos, but it was not used in the same sense. The first time phobos was used, it was used in a negative sense in that they didn't need to be fearful of the divine. But this time they are fearful, but it's out of reverence and respect. They know that they have gotten not just a word from the graveyard messenger, but they have received a rhema word. The messenger at the graveyard done gave us a rhema. He done told us exactly what we need to do. We ain't got to worry whether or not we're going to go right, left, up down. All we got to do is go to Galilee because our Savior gonna meet us in Galilee. We ain't got to wonder if he got up. He done got up. All we got to do now is just go to Galilee. That's all we gotta do now. And so they reverence what God had imputed in their spirit. They knew it was their reign. They were no longer fearful. They received what the Lord had told them. And I'm going to tell you something, children of God. That there, there comes a time to where you just got to come to church and just receive what God is giving you. You can't wonder about it. You can't question it. If it's line upon line, if it's precept upon precept, you just receive the word of God. Allow it to become engrafted in your being and then just start walking in the word. Start reverencing the word. See, reverence, reverence is obedience. When it talked about them being fearful, they were walking in obedience. They heard the word and then started walking in the word. When you come to church and you hear the word, be just like the women. Just start walking in the word. Walk in it. Breaking it down, just start thinking it. Talking it. And do it. Just start reverencing or obeying the word. That's it. Because see, when you fear the Lord, it's going to change your life. 
Let, let me show you something real quick. I'm, finna clo- I'm getting ready to close it, but just stay with me. Go with me to uh, Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs. Am I losing anybody? Everybody understand? Proverbs 19. That's where I think I want to go. Proverbs 19. Verse 23. First clause. Look, listen to what it says. Proverbs 19, 23. First clause. Ready? The fear of the Lord leads to what? The fear of the Lord leads to what? The fear of the Lord leads to what? And who, he who has it will abide and help me. He will not be visited with what? Evil. The fear of the Lord leads to what? Life. To life. Life in the verse connotes prosperity. You get in the word, you're going to be prosperous. If you get in the word, death can't hold you down. If you fear God, you will have resurrection after resurrection. I don't care how many times death invades your life. It will be followed by a resurrection. When things try to take you out, just hold on because what? Life is coming. Death cannot hold a child of God. Death Means the end. How many times have you thought it wasn't no hope but God showed you different? How many times did it seem like you were about to throw in the towel but God showed you different? Why? Because he came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And when you obey God or fear God and walk in his word, you're going to experience life time and time and time again. The fear of the Lord leads to life. You're going to be satisfied. And notice, evil is going to try to pay you a visit are going to try to interfere with that, but is not going to be able to succeed. Why? Because you have made up in your mind that you're going to fear God. And so, back in Matthew, they made sure that they obeyed what the messenger told them. And so they left Quickly again with fear. And then it it, it doesn't just mention joy. Great joy. I said great joy. Sound like to me they were having a praise party when they left the graveyard. Can you imagine leaving the graveyard with hallelujahs? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we magnified your name. They left the graveyard with what? But see, this was an indication of, of something that happened 
in resurrection situations. They left with some strength. Because see, Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is a child of God's strength. The joy of the Lord is a child of God's strength. When you receive God's message, it's going to always make you better. It's going to make you stronger. If you come to church and you don't leave stronger, you didn't receive the message the right way. If, if you come in here wondering, you should leave, you should leave knowing. If you come here down, you should leave up. If you come here confused, you, you, could, you should leave here with peace. Why? Because that's what God's word does. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. It's going to change every aspect of your life. I never, I, I never show up just to show up. I'm going to make sure as a pastor that I show up to make sure that folk get the reign of God intends for them to get. Are you hearing me? Yeah. But before I give the rhema, your rhema to you, I'm going to make sure what I'm going to give you becomes a part of my makeup. It's so in my thoughts, so in my words, so in what I do to where when I deliver it, you will know that it's God's word. You will know that it is anointed and appointed by him. And so, they left with fear and great joy. Only read the first eight verses. But eventually, they delivered the message to the disciples. Some received, some didn't. But the blessed thing is, the women did not allow that to stop them from fulfilling their assignment. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's give Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.